night we are having an all night prayer meeting. I want to uh, go back to our favorite topic of mine, what I think uh, every Christian ought to know, and what I believe uh, was very helpful to me and helped me to get out of a lot of difficulties that I had as a new Christian and stayed that way for a long time. I just wish somebody shared this with me so I can learn to be free and, and, and be able to believe God and uh, receive answers from Him and have confidence. I used to have confidence in, in praying for people and ask God, you know, pray for people and um, believe God to meet their needs. But now when it came to me, <laughs> you know, you have this, I don't know. But I have more confidence asking God today for my needs it is just kind of a reverse. I have confidence praying for other people's needs as well and for the church. But I don't have more confidence in praying for our church's needs to be met than I have for my own needs. It's just the same to me because you can ask God and he will answer you uh, regardless of uh, what you're praying for or who you're praying for. Tonight I want to talk about sin consciousness. Sin consciousness. Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit will help us tonight to examine your word so that we can have faith and receive everything that you have given to us in your word. Your word tells us clearly that, Lord, you've blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. They are ours and we just want to receive everything that you've made available to us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I title this message, uh, Sin Consciousness Destroys Faith. Sin Consciousness Destroys Faith. I think in my own personal life, I suffered from sin consciousness for a very long time. And I didn't know what to do with it and how to get rid of it, and how to move on from it. I knew I was saved, or I thought I was saved, or maybe I was saved, and, and some Christians struggle with this. But sin consciousness will really hinder your Christian growth. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 2 says, For then will they not have ceased to be offered? That's the sacrifices that they, they made in the Old Testament. Will they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshiper, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. The worshiper, once purified, so your purification should be once, once purified, when you came to Christ and you received Christ as your Savior, you were purified at that time. And God is saying in the Old Testament, even though they were purified, but they did it every year. And so God was saying there was a problem because if the purification was right in the sight of God, the way God intended it, the way God wants it to be, then they shouldn't have had consciousness of sin after they've been purified. So what is that saying to us that the consciousness of sin will mean more sacrifice done? That says consciousness of sin is a problem with regard 
to our Christian faith. Now, we can see the consciousness of sin in the, in the actions of Adam and Eve, Eve after they sinned in the garden. After they sinned, God came and they couldn't stand to be in the presence of God. They ran away from life. God was the source of life. And they needed life at that time that they had fallen. But when they heard the presence of God or they felt the presence of God in the garden, they hid themselves. And what they were trying to do was to help themselves and, and they felt very naked before God and, and, and they felt like they needed to do something and so they got fig leaves to cover themselves. That's works. You're trying to do something so that you can actually stand being in the presence of God but that will not do in the presence of a holy God. We need more than that. But it was sin consciousness that was making them to hide from life. If there's sin consciousness in a man's life, that person has no prayer. Sin consciousness will destroy faith in your life. Sin consciousness will actually leave you confused. And so the Bible is saying we shouldn't have sin consciousness in our lives once you have been born again. Sin consciousness will actually cause you to continue to sin. Because all you're thinking about is sin in your life. I am not good. I am filthy. And these thoughts keep coming. And you don't know what to do about it. You know you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior. But how to be free from this things you don't know. So you feel condemned. You can't really pray in faith because you believe God cannot hear me. Because I got all of these things in my life. And that is just what... Is called sin consciousness. We need to, one needs to get rid of that. Now, the enemy, the devil, takes advantage of sin consciousness in a Christian's life. And he's gonna make it hard for you to receive things from the Lord. He's gonna make it so difficult to really walk in faith and be free. You know, when I read the scriptures long ago, that if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I used to think, I don't know if that scripture is true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because of the way I felt. I didn't feel free. I, I mean, I, I, it was very difficult for me. Because it was this constant consciousness of not doing what is right and struggling to always do what is right. I tried. But you still feel this guilty feeling inside of you and you're constantly searching for what you've done that's wrong. And this is the way it manifests itself. You know, you pray and then you say in your prayer, God forgive us our sins. But what sin? You can't even recall the sin you're praying for. It's just God forgive us our sin. And I always would do that. God forgive me if I have done this wrong, if I have mistakenly done something. Well, if you do what's wrong, you know it. Right? If you got mad and you cursed, you know it. But with sin consciousness, I mean, sin consciousness makes the preachers that really love, you know, what well, we all love people to come to the altar, if they're coming right. But once I see somebody all constantly going to receive the Lord, the reason they're doing that, the preacher may like it, but I don't really like it because they're not going to grow. There's sin consciousness in their lives. I don't need that. It looks like success, but that person is going down. 
We don't need sin consciousness. The reason why they're coming down is because they don't know whether God is truly forgiven their sins. And what do you have to do to make God forgive your sin? Just believe, right? And as long as they stay that way, they go back the following week doing the same things, and then they come back again to church the following Sunday and get saved. And go back again and get unsaved, then come back again and get saved. That's sin consciousness. And so they never believe God can answer their prayers. So they always depend on the preacher or somebody to pray for them because there is this sense of uh, uh, sin consciousness that God won't hear me, but Pastor Andy, is, he looks like a righteous man. <laughs> so he's going to pray for me and God's going to answer his prayer. It's a very devastating thing in, in a person's life. It, it just hinders you. When I had that, I couldn't teach Sunday school. That was how bad it was. I didn't, feel, I didn't feel like I had anything to give to anybody. I could witness to those that were not saved. But to teach people in the house of God, forget that. Talk to me about praying with people to receive the Holy Ghost. That's for the holy brethren. Amen. They do that. I don't go there. And it was hard to understand the things of God. Until I realized... I don't have to have that in my life. And all you need to do is to receive God from your heart. Receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior once and for us. How many times were you born? Two times? I mean into the natural life, right? Just once, right? When you receive Christ, you got born again. That's the purification. And the worshiper once born should have no consciousness of sin. That's not my word. That's God's word, right? You shouldn't. You shouldn't be conscious of it. And so the enemy takes advantage of that. That's why the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. And this is so important. It is so important that we understand this. God will not defeat the accuser of the, uh, the brethren and call him the accuser of the brethren if this is not important in our Christian life. If this is not really doing damage to us, if, if there is an opportunity for him to be able to do that. And he does that because of sin consciousness. He takes advantage of sin consciousness and he keeps jamming this thing in your face. And so you can never really move up with God. So God had to take that away. Now, we know of how they overcame him, okay, with the blood of the Lamb. And I'm going to read that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, 10 and 11. After the enemy was defeated, it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. This was a loud voice saying in heaven. Now, after he had been thrown out, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Why? For or because for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and did not love their lives to the death. So, the loud voice came just because the accuser was cast down. It's the damage was being done to the brethren by accusations, right? 
the accuser of the brethren was cast down, and because the accuser was cast down, now is come salvation and strength. As long as the accuser is still in your life, you will not really experience salvation. You are a brother, but you won't experience salvation. You will have no strength. That's what the scripture says, right? Now, only after the accuser is cast down, only after the accuser is cast down in your own life, you will not enjoy salvation. Right, brother? Yes. But you will not enjoy salvation. No strength. You won't enjoy the kingdom of our God. You won't even experience the power of his Christ. That's what he's saying. A loud voice came out from heaven when the, the accuser was thrown down. It's the devil, but he's the accuser. So accusation from the enemy has a lot of power in a Christian's life. And we need to learn to deal with that. Because if you don't deal with that, the power of God will not be released into your life. You won't know much about the kingdom of God. You just would not. The power of his Christ, no way. So that's so important. Sin consciousness. And, and, and here we have a window that's open for us. A window of revelation, so to speak. Open to us so that we can understand how to deal with the accuser. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even unto the death. In other words, you can keep accusing, but we're not going to quit. Talking about how Jesus had delivered us. Amen? How his blood is working in our lives. No matter what you say, we don't care. If we have to die, we'll keep singing it. Amen? It doesn't matter what you accuse us of. We'll keep saying we are saved. Jesus is in my life. I am free. I am free. That's my testimony. He was the perfect savior. He did the good work. He completed the work. The Bible says he said on the cross, it is finished. And then you I am free because Jesus said it's finished. They didn't love. Now it, you know, it affects every area of life. In sickness, in financial difficulty, you got to stand with your testimony. And refuse to listen to the accuser. I wish we have everybody here tonight. <laughs> but it's so important. When you discover that God doesn't accuse you. God is not mad at you. Yes, we fail from time to time. But he tells us how to deal with it. Huh? He says, if you sin in your life, confess it. He says, God is faithful and just to forgive. And then to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins. So to the brethren, we confess. And as soon as you confess it, taken care of. If you're trying to do something more, more than that, and feeling, oh, I, God, I really need to feel uh, some, uh, some forgiveness. I need to do something more. That's like 
putting some fig leaves around you to make you feel good. It will not work. Why don't you just believe and stop being proudful, being proud and prideful? Stop it. You failed. God, I failed. Forgive me. And go from there instead of beating yourself down. Because as long as you stay beating yourself down, you're going to go back to that thing. The accuser is there. You just accept forgiveness. God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, if he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, you're free, right? You're not going back to it. That's faith. But if he doesn't cleanse you, you can do all you want. You're going back. I have been there. Amen. (laughs) It's the truth. You beat yourself over it for a while, but you haven't really accepted cleansing and forgiveness. You're not free. Because you're still thinking about it. You understand what I'm saying? You're still thinking about it. It's still in your head, wondering about it. You feel bad until that pain is dulled and you're back again. To go through that circle of suffering. But we need to get rid of the accuser. That's what First John chapter 3 verse 20, 21, you really cannot have confidence when you have that in your life. You can't believe God for anything. I've come to realize everything we do in, Christi- in Christianity is by faith. You can look at what you see with your eyes and it's going to affect the way you feel. And if it affects the way you feel, it affects the way you think. And as a man thinks in his heart, exactly. God's going to give you what you're thinking. And so the, the feelings don't matter. What matters is what the book says. The testimony of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what the Bible calls the book? The testimony of Jesus Christ. I stay with the testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to believe my own feelings and my own experience and my own fake testimonies that's given to me from what I see in the natural, I'll stay with the testimony of Jesus. It will always stand the test of time. Amen? He stands the test of time. Now, First John chapter 3, verse 20, it says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, if you don't feel this uh, sin consciousness okay if our heart does not condemn us we have confidence towards God and read further then you know your prayers will be answered amen it's the confidence that you have in God that is going to get your prayers answered if you have no confidence in God your prayers will not be answered I didn't put the next verse but read the next verse it says exactly that about prayer now First uh, uh, John chapter 5 verse 14 I believe tells us that he says this is the confidence can we go to that scripture please unless pastor got it wrong <laughs> you got it 5.14 now he says now this is the confidence that we have in him 
Now the scripture we just read says we have, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence in God, right? If your heart is condemning you and you have sin consciousness in your heart, you can't have that confidence in Him. Then your prayers will not be answered. And if your prayers are not getting answered, you can't live a Christian life. You just cannot. Your prayers have to be answered. That's why we pray all the time. For God to preserve us. Lead me not into temptation, right? But deliver us from the evil one. We, he has to deliver us from the evil one. But if your prayers are not going to be answered, you have no confidence in God, forget it. You're not going to make it. That's how dangerous sin consciousness is. And we have to learn to get rid of it. Now in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning from verse 19, the scripture is very clear there that we have, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way God has consecrated that to us. So we can come to, into God's very presence. But in verse 20 of that, uh, 22 of that chapter, he says, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. When you have that consciousness of sin, the evil conscience, you can go. He says, we must always hold fast to the confession of our our faith because God who promised is faithful. Well, if you have sin consciousness in your heart, you won't have full assurance of faith and and you won't have any result in your prayer. God will will not answer. Everything is by faith. So sin consciousness can really cause us difficulties. How do we get rid of sin consciousness? The key is identification. I mean, not identification in your head, but identification with Christ in your heart. True identification with Christ in your heart. And you can read, as you read scriptures, here and there, the scriptures will be coming out at you, telling you how to be truly free. You believe it, you identify with it, you speak it with your mouth. You believe it not in, with your head, but in your heart, with all of your heart. And you agree, that's me. That's me. And it comes out of your mouth with all boldness, the enemy will leave you alone. He just leave you alone. Now, I know that this works because during those period, during the period where I used to suffer uh, from sin consciousness, I mean, from my culture, we had a lot of demonic oppression. Because I've been in uh, voodoo houses, uh, I know Dick knows that, we worship idols, and I was into that, and I was, even after I got saved, it confused me even more. Because demons would come in my room and oppress me. 
I heard that on television, this girl, a former prostitute, was saying the demons will come in your room and hold her down. I knew that most Americans are thinking, what is she saying? I knew what she was talking about. They hold you down. You can't speak. You can't move your toe. You can't do anything. And she was describing this on, on television. I believe it was ABC News. They, were telling this, they asked this question, is Satan real? And they got my attention. I got to see this. <laughs> what Americans think about this. And uh, she was telling America what happened to her. And she got to this place where she was saying, they, they hold me down. In, in, my, in my culture, we don't use the word hold. We say press me. Because you'll be on the bed and you can't move. You can't, I'll be speaking the name of Jesus, but no voice. It won't come out. And then all of a sudden, you're up and they leave you alone. And we knew that very well in our culture, that that's exactly what was happening. And I couldn't stop it. And it confused me even more. Because I was saying to myself, if I'm truly saved and God is truly absent, I speak in tongues and wonder when I was saved. Amen? <laughs> if I'm truly saved, how come the devil can still do this to me? What's going on? And I'll pray and call on God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. All of you come and help me. But they'll still come in and do the same thing. But when I got rid of sin consciousness, and I knew that God was with me regardless, they don't come near me. I'm not afraid of them. When I go back home, I get real free. Now they run from me. Amen. Mm -hmm. They run. My brothers will say, there are a lot of witches in this place. Let's pray. I says, let them go and pray. Let the witches pray because I'm not going to pray. I already prayed in America. They can do a thing to me. And it's that boldness. When they see that, guess what? They want to get saved. They come in to get saved. But you are not able to stand if you still have sin consciousness. Because you won't know whether, God, whether or not God will protect you. But I knew God was with me. There's no way he'll protect me. Am I perfect? No. I know I'm not. But I don't have. He freed me from sin. Amen. He did the work. I just enjoyed it. You know, somebody said of uh, 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 Muhammad Ali's wife. You know. Now, Muhammad gets in the, in the ring to box, right? And he's receiving all the beating. And, and, uh, she's sitting by the ringside encouraging him to go on. Finish the guy off, huh? And then, he finishes the guy off, now he becomes the champion, right? The champion of the world. He is a conqueror. And now, the wife wouldn't do anything, say, where is the check? She is more than a conqueror, you know? <laughs> Amen. That's what Christ has done for us. We enjoy what he has already done for us. So we identify with him. You heard the word. Paul said it. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. I am. I was crucified with Christ. In other words, that body of sin is dead. That's not me. You want to go there, please? Galatians 2. I'm getting off my notes tonight. And making Linda, she's going to get in my face later. 
You got it? He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Not going to, I have been. Was he on the cross with Jesus? Right? Did we see Paul with Jesus on the cross? No. He identified with Jesus on the cross. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, the man that you are now looking at, the one that is now living, that is standing before you, talking to you, I live by faith. The only reason I'm alive, I was killed, I died long ago. The only reason why I'm alive talking to you is because I got faith in Christ. And I don't believe that Paul would said this only when he wrote to the Galatians. This was what he believed. He was telling everyone, hey, I, I'm a dead man. I died long ago. Christ. The guy you're looking is not. And that's why he was so powerful in his life. Because he identified five and six. It says, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death. United together. If, if that happens to you. Certainly, without a doubt, if you can get your mind and get your heart, take control of your mind to truly believe that you were part of what Jesus did, then Paul says, certainly we also shall be in likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, we know this, that our old man was crucified with him. That sin conscious man that was with Adam in the garden, that was crucified with Christ. We, Paul is saying, we know this. He was crucified with Christ. Why? That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. That's why Jesus died. You believe that with all of your heart. It's not trying to be good. It won't work. It's believing. I said it on Sunday. It's believing this truth. That's what's going to let go of sin consciousness. And get you to be free. I may not cut work quite fast and go to the end. But tell the story and then go on. We shouldn't always be confessing sins unless you know you have sinned. I will explain what that is. If you confess weakness, you are going to be weak, right? So God says, let the weak say, I am strong. When you feel weak, instead of confessing the weakness, God says the medicine for your weakness is to say, Say, I am strong. Now, if you have sinned, the Bible says the Holy Ghost will convict you, right? You know it. You can't sin without knowing it. Amen? When you sin, you know it. When I've been bad towards Pastor Andy, I know it. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You know when you've wronged somebody. But trying to figure out maybe I've done something, Satan has something to present to you that you've done wrong. You want to hear more, he'll give you more. 
Before long, you'll be on your knees thinking about all these bad things you've done. If it's something that's offended God, the Bible says if anyone is otherwise minded, they So I know when I'm wrong. And I will confess that. And then thank God for that, for forgiveness, and move on. Because he's forgiven me. Amen? There was a, a, a preacher. How many of you know uh, Lester Summerall? You know Lester Summerall? Now, he was uh, a missionary in the uh, Philippines for a long time. And uh, I think Kenneth Copeland, if I recall correctly, T.L. Osborne, all they used to send stuff to him to minister. But he said he was going, he was trying to deal with this question of sin consciousness. He was going to uh, the Philippines and he had a Baptist uh, preacher and his wife uh, with him in this ship. In those days, they, were, they, they went to, they go by ship, not by air. And they finally discovered that they were together. So they decided, okay, let's come together. You're a preacher. We're going to do the same work. You're a missionary. We are going to be missionaries there. We'll be working together. Let's be friends here. Even though you're a Baptist and uh, we're Pentecostals, let's have time together. Let's spend some time in the morning having morning devotions. And I'll speak one day and then you can speak the next day. And then they'll come together in the morning. And then they will, they will, uh, one of them will share, and then, then they will pray. He'll do it one day, and then the Baptist preacher will do it the following day. And every time they come together, when it's the Baptist preacher's turn, when they pray, he'll pray, and at the end of his prayer, he will say, Lord, forgive us our many sins. We sin every day. In Jesus' name, Amen. And then the next day, Lester tomorrow will come in and say, God, you have said in your word, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are free from sin. And, and, and thank you, Lord. And then the next day, the preacher will come and say, well, God, forgive us our many sins. We sin every day and uh, forgive us in Jesus' name. So Lester said, I got frustrated. He, he, he won't get it. So I decided, he, he decided he was going to get him. So what he did, uh, he cornered him one morning. He said, I thought you were my friend. And the guy said, what are you talking about? You were my friend. He said, well, you have been having an affair with my wife. And the guy said, what? No way. He says, yes, you have been having an affair with my wife. It's just your wife, my wife, and, 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 and there's something going on here. The guy said, what are you talking about? He said, well, every morning that we come together, when you pray, you confess to the Lord that you have many sins and that you sin every day. And I'm always with you every day. And I can't find anything you could do sinful in this, in this little shape. And so I figured you must be secretly seeing my wife. That's why I'm talking to you now. You better stop. He said, no, no, no. I haven't done anything like that. He said, well, okay, why do you confess your sin? He said, well, we were just taught to pray that way. <laughs> That's the way we were taught to pray. It's not like I sin anything. I just, we pray that way. He got the message. <laughs> Don't pray like that. Because the more you see things like that, the more sin conscious you get. You talk defeat and defeat will come over your life and destroy you. You talk victory. You have victory. It's what you say with your mouth. 
and what you believe in your heart. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You only confess what the Bible gives us, the testimony of Jesus Christ. He'll free you. That doesn't mean you're free. But when you sin, this testimony will stay with you. And you feel forgiven very quickly. And you can move on. But if you can't do this, you will constantly struggle with receiving forgiveness and also giving forgiveness. You don't know how to deal with forgiveness. That's what that is. Sin consciousness will destroy your faith. It will, it will actually prevent you from getting close to God. You know how Adam ran from God? That's what you constantly do. You can't pray. You won't have a prayer life. You're uncomfortable in his presence. Because of sin consciousness. If there's something in your life that makes you feel that way, then deal with it. And you go, and then you can have a relationship with your God. Please stand up with me tonight. Amen. We have to identify with him in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection. I can go there tonight. But all of these things are very important. And we have to believe that with all of our heart and lose fear. Amen. Please lift your hands up to the Lord tonight in worship. And just thank him for the finished work of Calvary. You can't do it by yourself. Just as you came to Christ initially and you accepted him, that's all he's asking for. You honored God when you received his son. And when you honor him, he'll honor you. He will honor you with a new life, a brand new life. And you will grow. Get rid of that sin consciousness. God does not condemn you. And you will begin to grow. And all of those things that attach themselves to you, that are hindering you from believing and receiving your prayers answered, those things will begin to fall out of your life. And God will begin to do great things in your life. Forget your past. They are, they are behind you. Forget your past mistakes. Don't dwell on them. Don't dwell on them. Dwell in the finished work of Jesus. You then give him glory. And then your future will certainly be bright. Because God will pave the way for you for great success in life. He then will get all the glory. He will get all the glory. And while we'll enjoy. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. Lord, I pray that while we are still on this earth, while we are still in this flesh, Lord, that we will discover more and more of the love of God that passes knowledge. That love of Jesus Christ that made him to give his life, immortal life, so that we can have immortality and be strong and experience the power of his Christ here on earth nothing can stop us now the devil is being defeated the accuser is cast down and we are free children of God we are no longer servants of sin yes we will be tempted but we will never be slaves of sin we're free because the son has made us free we thank you father in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.